0: इला गुरुदेव पति की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु कीजा नाम संकीर्तन कीजा श्री श्री को पाल की जय की प्रेमानंद coming <coughs> um, and well today continuing with our series of lectures about uh, John Mastami trying to gradually enter into the proper mode this is very very important whenever we try to approach uh, any single like point of this eternal line that transcendence represents all of those points imbibe, include some particular type of bhav or emotion or many, no? what to say so we should be able to try to try to go and touch those points of course, taking the hand of Sri Guru and Sadhus <laughs> so we may really be able to draw and, 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 and get to feel whatever the emotion is there latent there no? so we are trying to do this now we are trying to construct to build some sort of Momentum, or as Guru Maharaj would say, create a teachable moment, so we can really get to the moment, official day of Janmashtami, and have a feeling for that. And not only, oh, Krishna, Janmashtami, Me, that's all, but what's really going on there, what are, which is the background, which is the different feelings of the people there. Since Guru Maharaj also wants to want to do that now, no? like to celebrate Nandotsav in such a way that somehow or other we try like, to uh, empathize, empathize like be empathetic empathize, yeah. Yeah. With, with, with what the bride of us are experiencing. Of course, we cannot imitate that, but we have to make the best of our uh, attempts and efforts in trying to get as close as we can from where we are now, no? so by proper Shravan, Kirtan we are like, trying to, to build this, this moment. And, and get the proper context to that particular moment we will be celebrating some days so now this, is, this, this was said once not in order to understand one specific moment of eternity a whole lifetime of context may be required and we must be ready for that <laughs> that's the price to pay to enter that land where every single moment, second, blinking of the eye has uh, unlimited value and content. So we should be ready to prepare ourselves, to dis- discipline ourselves, to educate ourselves, but being properly acquainted, getting proper context, so when we try to touch these different points of this eternal line of transcendence, we really may draw the proper feeling. Because this is what ultimately Sri Guru, Parampara, are trying to give us. They're trying to give us a feeling. For the whole thing of Krishna consciousness, basically. Hmm? Chila Prabhupada was inspired to name his movement International Society for Krishna Consciousness. But what does it mean to be Krishna conscious? We may, well, today we will speak a little bit on this also, but not only like to, I don't know, as we say yesterday, believe in God, believe in Krishna, but where, do you know which, which was his inspiration for such a name? Shamananda knows. He will tell us. Krishna Bhakti. Yes. Yeah, that first line is enough. <laughs> because that's the first line. No, this is a famous verse in Chaitanya charitamrita which starts saying Krishna Bhakti rasa bhavita amuti kriya tamviya dikutokhi etc. Tatra laulim api kalam mulyam janma kolti sukrutal na There the price for entering into the Raga Mark is mentioned. And it says laulim. Ekalam, Exclusively greed for the thing, the whole thing. But first line says Krishna Bhakti Rasa Bhavitamati when once, when one's own sorry mind intelligence is being like imbued in Krishna Bhakti Rasa verse continues. To so propagate that first line and say, Oh, international society from Krishna consciousness. So what does mean Krishna consciousness, for someone like Srila Prabhupada, your consciousness will be totally submerged into Krishna Bhakti Rasa. So it's not only be Krishna conscious, be conscious of Krishna. Yeah, Krishna is there. He exists. I'm his, serv- I'm his servant. Hare Krishna. But Krishna Bhakti Rasa bhavitamati your whole existence becomes like thrown into the depths of an ocean of Krishna Bhakti Rasa the Sindhu, Bhakti Rasam breathes Sindhu. So so that's the goal of our practice, that's the goal of our sadhana, to reach Bhav to this, this stage of having a feeling for the whole thing. We already have some feeling for the whole thing, but we also have some feeling for some other things as well. So the the main feeling gets diluted in the way. So now we are trying like to work on our own situation as to like condense the feeling in one specific direction and make that our final offering, as we said yesterday. We ourselves will be the offering. So, all these series of talks are, again, required for all of us, especially for me, <laughs> to really try to enter into the proper mood, understand, grasp, have a glimpse at least of the proper emotions that are permeating all these celebrations. It's not only waiting for midnight for the 108 preparations or something like that no? <laughs> today we, have, we may have a feeling for that thing mainly <laughs> regarding <laughs> and but we see that the concern for the inhabitants of, of the dam is very different so we are today in our fourth meeting if I am not mistaken I don't know, no problem yeah if you lose the counting good, good symptom <laughs> so well, that's class or last classes we will be we have been like mainly studying 10th canto of Bhagavatam first chapter of Bhagavatam which is called the advent of Lord Krishna officially and now we start the last talk uh, the second chapter which is called the prayers of the demigods we haven't still yet get to that part we'll get to that part next uh, class tomorrow maybe or whatever when the demigods start the devas start to pray in to Krishna in, in the Vakish womb. Garba Stuti also called this section. Stuti means like prayers and Garba means uh, womb. So prayers in the womb, basically. So last, yesterday we ended up with a brief summary of what we see, we saw yesterday. Can you help me? And I test you also. <laughs> Without looking at the <laughs> notebook, <laughs> <laughs> spoke a little You're bit really about asking? Kamsa. You're really asking? What? You, if you recapped a lot. Yeah, yeah. To get yeah, also. Okay. Yeah. Good point. We started to speak about Kamsa, it's connected to the idea of fear, and well, some things about that. Um, how Kamsa was behaving. We started officially with that point. Kamsa started like to do you say Prese- persecute the whole members of Janu dynasty, and they have to move to different villages incognito, or some of them became subservient to Kamsa, like Akura, but with the hope of, of eagerness of seeing Krishna as soon as possible. So different situations were there. And well, after that, we described a little bit how Bhagavan himself ordered. Uh, Ananta to appear and and Maya to go to Braj, no? like this order and do you prepare the the ground for me eventually to to, to appear there mm-hmm. so that 's basically what we we spoke. This was like like verse fifteen of second chapter, so after this will come prayers of the demigods, but today we will go a little bit off off of Bhagavatam and we will visit for a while Gopal Shampoo <laughs> so today we will mainly speak what's going on in Braj, because till now we were speaking mainly what was going on in Mathura you know, with Kamsa, Vasudev, Debaki and uh, today we will go a little bit to a while to Brindavan and go what's going on with Dib- Nanda, Yashoda, how the pregnancy came about and also at the end a little bit very briefly about how Debaki becomes also pregnant we will finish there and tomorrow we will go for well with the prayers of the demigods and well after that Krishna will be born also. <laughs> so <coughs> so let's go. you have read again most probably this series of chapter of, of, of verses some maybe two weeks ago because of how we are reading in the morning is also present there. So first of all, interestingly Sri Goswami gave some nice like depiction of, of like the how do you call it? genealogical tree? Family line. Mm-hmm. So we will mention some brief words regarding this so to know how this Basudeva appears, Nanda appears. So first of all uh, one important personality called Deva Midha is mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Uh, who well you will get to know who is he. <laughs> uh, eventually, he's a grandfather of Nanda Maharaj, brief words, no? and also the grandfather of Basudev mm-hmm. because Devamita eventually gets married with two wives, no? normal for those times, one of them being uh, of Kshatriya uh, descendants, descent. Descent. descent, thank you, and the other one from Vaishya. Uh, blood <laughs> so from each one of them one son is born from the Kshatriya background comes one son called Sura mm-hmm. and from the Vaisya community, if you will comes one called Parjanya mm-hmm. so from this Sura mm-hmm. try to follow i have sorry to yes. draw let's mm-hmm. see we can make Devomeda eh? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Sura who is Sura's son between some others, Vasudeva. Father of Krishna in Mathura. And from Parjanya, son of Devamid as well, but he comes from Vaisya, from mixed background. His father is Kshatriya, his mother, his mother is Vaisya. So from Parjanya will come, between others, Rajki Jai. So... But first of all, some words are they're shared about Parjanya. No? Sirajiva Goswami goes into detail about the glories of Parjanya Maharaj, uh, Nanda Maharaj's father, the name Parjanya in itself. health sometimes speaks about that also. means like uh, cloud, like very profuse, you say, or very charged cloud that gives profuse rain. In the way of, he was so generous and so... Uh, charitable, all, all the virtues were overflowing him basically, no? so he was like a big cloud raining on the whole town of inhabitants of Gokul, and actually to say that he was so virtuous that the, the, the Yadu dynasty gave the whole Gokul to Parjanya Maharaj, no? this is your village, no? you do, this is a gift to you because of your virtues like this. No? So, <coughs> well, it is mentioned that eventually this greatly virtuous Vajangnya Maharaj had uh, five sons. So all of them connected, the, the, the root of the name of all of them are connected with the verbal root uh, Ananda, which means bliss. The middle one is Nanda Maharaj, but he has two elder brothers, two younger brothers. Older bro- elder, elder brother, called Upananda. Next one called Abhinanda, next one Nanda, next one Sananda, and last one Nandana. So the Nandas, <laughs> the Panchanandas. <laughs> so all of them, is, again, the root cause of, of their name is bliss. His father is a cloud, they are bliss. <laughs> Has a very poetic implication there. No? His father is a, a very generous and overflowing cloud of bliss. And part of that overflowing is five specific drops, raindrops from that cloud called the five Nandas, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. So again, Korchania Marat was known as a, as a very like uh, rich, if you will, in, in terms of Baicia conception, rich king. <laughs> but his main wealth were his five children. And it is especially between the five the middle song was his special. the special jewel in the necklace, mm-hmm. continuing with the analogy from that. <laughs> so eventually this mentioned how other very important vaisya from the area called Sumuka, who was the father of Yashoda. this Sumuka gave his daughter uh, the hand. you saying this in English? the hand of his daughter to Nandamara. So eventually Yashoda and Nanda became married. So, this is briefly described by Sila Jiva Goswami, so trying to present us a little bit of the background picture of, of Krishna's birth, basically, no? the genealogical tree where he's coming from. So, eventually, Parjanya Maharaj uh, wants, when he gets a little bit considerably old, he considers to retire from the kingdom, from the administration of the, of the village, if you will. So, and, and the idea is. He plans to absorb himself in Bhajan, to Govinda, in Brindavan. Specifically, the forest, Brindavan forest. Because you know, Braj is the name of, of is a generic name for the area, but there are 12 forests there, and one of them is Brindavan. So maybe Parjane had a hint of what was going to happen in the near future in Brindavan. <laughs> so he wants to, to retire himself, so he gives the <coughs> the, the crown, if you will, mm. uh, to his elder son, Upananda, mm. and as we remember, all always all mm. mentions that is also mentioned by Jiva Goswami and No, Upananda received the, 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 the throne, the, he's the heir to the throne in the Vaisya community, and the first thing that he does as part of his newly acquired... Uh, kingdom, if we will, is to pass the throne to Nanda Maharaj. <laughs> and they, he did that by Tilak. No? They, they put some particular type of Tilak, representing now you are the, the queen. No? There was, uh, the, the king, sorry. There was maybe not like a crown, literally speaking, but the crown is Tilak. No? So now you are being established here. Because after all, says, I'm only in Upananda. Upa means. Small Nanda, even though I'm the elder, and also Upananda means Upam means assistant. Uh, so that Goswami mentions that. Upananda means the assistant of Nanda. So I'm Upananda, so I have to be your assistant. So very happily he passes the the throne, the kingdom to him, and in a unanimous, unanimous way, unanimous way, all the brush like accepts the decision no? and starts to celebrate. That no, Nanda Maharaj is, is the king of Braj. No? Rajeshwar. Rajeshwar is the name for Nanda Maharaj. Rajeshwari is Yashoda. Vrindavaneshwari is Srivana, but Rajeshwari is called. It's a name for, for Yashoda, and Rajeshwari is the name for, for Nanda Maharaj. No? So, uh, Sila Jiva Goswami describes how how everything in the kingdom was like working very nicely you know, with Nanda Maharaj and the king. Everyone was full of (laughs) Ananda. And very interestingly, it is described that the whole kingdom was flourishing in Dharma, Artha and (laughs) Kama. No moksha. (laughs) No moksha required there. Interesting, because as we spoke the other day, Upanishads, everything are like. Speaking soft voice, the Vedas, but Upanishads are speaking loudly about moksha. If you speak about the Vedas as a whole, moksha is speaking in low volume because it's the, slow, the smallest part but you enter the Upanishad and you have mokti, mukti, mukti, moksha, moksha, moksha as the goal of dharma, art and kama you are a good citizen you receive some wealth because of that you have some enjoyment in this world but after you realize all that is temporary so moksha I want to get myself free from that entanglement of course our goal is even above moksha and it's such an extraordinary goal this prem panchalma purushartha the fifth goal of life that it makes the, how do you say it makes full circle and it seems it's returning to appear like mundane on one platform like we are seeing here no? in says were not interested in moksha but there was dharma there was artha there was calm <laughs> there was enjoyment there was economic development there was certain principle of Barnashram. <laughs> Krishna Bhagavad Gita says Sarva Dharman Paritya, ja. reject Barna ashram, but you go to Vrindavan and they they follow the Vaisya Dharma, they have to act in this way, in this way Krishna himself says, I'm Vaisya, I have to do this, I cannot do like that when so Jasoda says to Krishna, you have to put some slippers to go to Take the cows to the pastures. You know, the, the dharma of a is to go barefoot. I have to follow my dharma. Uh, so, Kornarshan is established there. Something <laughs> like this now. But it's a it's a facsimile, if you will, of barnashram that is present there just to how do say that couching, like couching the whole expression of the leader. Yeah, it was. That's a word. Okay, Okay, poetic implication can be there. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> so the point is, nobody was interested in moksha. No. No, it, it, eventually, in tenth canto of the Bhagavad, when, when after after lifting over the hill, at one point, at one point, the brajavasis want to see their next life, in, in brief words, which will no, in their ordinary psychology, so called ordinary, say, oh. I don't know. We would like to know who will we we will be in our next birth. So can we see that? And Krishna shows that. And when they see that, they realize, oh, we will be in the same place doing the same thing, and they start like to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> so they are. They have no interest in moksha and getting out from where they are now, no? because mokti, moksha means that I want to get free from my present condition. But for the brahmalasis, there is. Such concern is not there because they have already reached the post liberated status. So, what well, to speak of moksha? Moksha is, I mean, Chila Rupa Goswami yesterday we say, he says, moksha laguta, For the one who has attained bhav, he's not speaking about Prem yet, only bhav, moksha laguta. Moksha became insignificant. In sadhana bhakti, in our stage, moksha is inferior. We know it, at least. <laughs> Maybe we have not the insight for that. Maybe if Mukti Devi appears in front of us, offering her service and offering, you would like to go beyond the gunas? Oh, I don't know if I will say, no, no, I am I, looking for something post liberated status. Who knows? We have never seen Mukti. So we may say Mukti is inferior, Mukti is like hell, Kaivalya, Narakaya, and so many quotes. But if we really are in front of Mukti, who knows? Which will be other because it means you are totally beyond the influence of this world of Maya Shakti. That's such a relief. (laughs) And most of us in the beginning of of the practice came for relief, maybe. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita One of the people who approach me is the afflicted one. And I think most of us come from this afflicted afflicted club, no? So (laughs) looking for some some moksha, some relief. Suffering—that's what Moksha is about, getting out from the negative side. Of course, with time we realize, oh, there is an entering to the what Silas Yamash would call positive and progressive immortality. But in the very beginning, well, I want to stop suffering. If you have this church that says stop suffering, part of fulfilled. Huh? There in Argentina is full of them. Evangelical church that their main like uh, motto, you say motto? It's stop suffering. Full of people. (laughs) Full of people. Because everyone wants to stop suffering, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, how I can get job and wife and money, that's implied this is stop suffering. They pray to Jesus, He will provide. Oh, so nice. So, what if Moti Devi comes to us and says, I offer your service to you. I'm so pleased with your service that I want to give you. Nirgun <laughs> <laughs> Have a higher Bajshanam close by at that moment. <laughs> scream. Shout for help. <laughs> so, the point is, Sadhana Bhakti we know. Mukti is inferior, but mm, maybe not so much in is there. Especially in the beginning stages of Sadhana. But when you reach Bhava Bhakti, when you really get a feeling for the whole thing, a real feeling... Mukti does not only feels seems and feels in fear but feels insignificant Baba Bhakti so we go to from Baba Bhakti to Pram Bhakti Mukti disappeared stop existing <laughs> you no longer conceive there is such a thing you are in another on the other side no? of the mountain if you will. so the Brajavadis Bhakti- are feeling like this no? they are not even conceiving Mukti it's out of their it's like if you are in a plane, but the plane is about to to take, off, take, take out, off. take off, take off. Yeah. So you see through the window, you take some pictures and all the things that people do the selfie with the background. <laughs> of the and uh, and you see on the picture and things have a certain size. No, the trees. Well, there are no trees in the airport. No, <laughs> whatever cars, things, people where the, the, the plane has already taken off and it's like some thousands of mi- meters off you sit down, everything becomes like insignificant <laughs> and when you go above the clouds you are in another dimension altogether the other thing stops existing you are in a new world Oh, <laughs> so this should be like the Sadhana bhavam Prema like inferior, insignificant, non-existent to, for the Brajavasis Dharma, Artan, in the context of Pram <laughs> in the context of, of the Lila but Moksha no one is interested about that it's like some sort of nightmare or whatever no? so, and why? because of this is called a Prakrita no? a Prakrita means seems like Prakrita, seems like mundane what is going in Vrindavan but it's a Prakrita it's transcendental and more because Adokshaya is as Gumaraj says, overtly transcendental. A Aprakritam is, doesn't seem so transcendental, but it's so, it's much more than Vaikuntha. Either. Vaikuntha Vasis become like overwhelmed with what they are doing. When Gopakumar entered Vaikuntha and he saw Narayan, he shouted, Gopal! And he started to run, wanted to embrace Narayan. So everyone in Vaikuntha was like filled with anxiety, you know. Like, Bhai is the place of Bhai non-anxiety. From, from one minute it became the place of anxiety, <laughs> which is this newcomer doing. He wants to embrace God. Right? So Gopakumar realized this is not my ultimate destiny. No? So he continued his <laughs> journey. So what Gurumash very nicely says, Vrindavan no? seems very limited in size, in certain expressions, but is so big in affection. So if you go first to Brahman, Brahman means so big, it's, there is no measure to that. No, it's everything light. No, <laughs> no individuals, no forms, nothing, everything is unlimited. It sounds so big, but there is no affection, because there is no one there to be affectionate to. <laughs> From there you go to Vaikuntha, it seems a little bit smaller, because there are people, individuals, forms, but more affection possibility of loving exchange from there you go to Vrindavan it seems even smaller like a village <laughs> more ordinary dynamics it seems so but if you pay close attention the type of affection they have is much more bigger than by current time, and brahma combined so when, when there is affection that's the, that's the greatness of the place the size of the place and Guru Maharaj gives the example of being in a cave but with the person you love so that's enough space. If the person you love is there, you can be in a cave and you will be. But if you are thrown in the Sahara desert just by yourself, oh, so much space. It's unlimited, there is no love, there is no. No. White? White? Like, length? Yeah, expansion of the place, yeah. So, well. Yeah. So the point is this, no? Brindavan at the time of Nanda Maharaj's kingdom was flourishing. In dharma, artha, kama, full of enjoyment, but Krishna was always in the center, <laughs> even though Krishna was not there yet. <laughs> but somehow or other, it was selfless enjoyment. It not that we're, it not, it's not that they were selfish, and after Krishna came, oh, they became selfless. So so nice is Krishna. Now we became pure devotees. <laughs> so selflen- selflessness was there as the even like the previous stage for him to come. But, again, everything was flourishing, everyone was happy, but with time, some concern appeared that started to burden in the psychology of every inhabitant of Vrindavan, which was a threat, yeah, 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 that one. I thought you were asking, sorry. I'm asking, yeah, I'm asking, I'm asking, always asking. <laughs> that there wasn't a sign? Yes. That Nanda Maharaj didn't have a son, so the heir, heir heir, heir of the throne was not there. And Nanda Maharaj was already quite old. We will see when Krishna is born, Nanda Maharaj is like he, actually his grandfather regarding age difference. He was really old, so be concerned. Not only for Nanda Maharaj, for his five, his four other brothers, but the whole village. It's like all this happiness gradually started to become like clouded by an increasing feeling of, of depression and concern and that was advancing more and more no? like threatening to devour all the happiness and harmony of the village <laughs> so, so at that point it is said that uh, Nanda Marash joined uh, get together to Yashoda and start to speak and and Yashoda shared to Nanda, some idea that came to to her mind. No? And she said, well, every time we we try to perform, organize some sacrifice, some yajna in order to invoke a son, they try it. <laughs> now, a, a particular idea comes to my mind. No? She says, the idea is, as Gurma says and Gopal Shampu says, the idea is, I want to have a son that is more beautiful than Naraya and God particular idea that <laughs> to think I want my son to be god that's weird <laughs> imagine if you start to conceive some something beyond God that's what who actually Krishna is Krishna is God beyond God <laughs> Krishna is no God it's not God Krishna is something beyond God Krishna is not God God is an aspect of Krishna that's a word particular theology so <laughs> So just so was thinking in these terms. I mean I think about having a child who may be more beautiful than Narayan. Vrindavan ki- Krishna is not God, Narayan is God. So the three Vaishnavas must have it right. <laughs> Vishnu is God. The Supreme Personality of God. <laughs> Eventually for us Krishna will be some something someone else, our friend, our lover, whatever. <laughs> so <clears throat> and and, and actually first of all Nandamaras is the one who is saying this to Yahshua eventually they will share the same experience Nandamaras said, my idea is that I want to have a son that is more beautiful than God and immediately I think that's totally weird but at the same time there is some feeling in me that I won't accept any other thing apart from that (laughs) this type of overwhelming sense comes to me this is weird, but apart from that weirdness I have no other way of conceiving how to have a son (laughs) and he says at that time also I had a vision he says to Jasoda of a little like a dark child playing in your lap he's saying to Jasoda and and you, he says to the, your breasts were bathing him overflowing with milk of affection again it may sound like a psychological case I had this dream and this dream but the interesting thing is they are so, so that like hearing him like I'm having the exact same dream and the exact same sensation. So so the two of us conclude this is an impossible task, this is a crazy idea. So somehow or other we have to get detached from this idea because it's weird. That's the the humility of the bright of is basically. You know. They are not thinking Oh, we have such a prem that we are capable to invoke the Lord and He can be our son because we have such a salya prem. They're feeling we are totally ordinary beings. And, and this is a contrast. They feel so ordinary and they are this I want to have a son above God. So that's the two extremes, not polar opposites. So they feel this is totally. We are going mad, they say between the two. Let's do some therapy. <laughs> Whatever. No, actually, they say. Our minds are getting quite agitated. And we are having this weird idea. So we have to do something to control our minds. <laughs> Imagine the, the situation. We try to control our minds in a different way. You know? And it doesn't work so much sometimes for us. <laughs> they will try to control their mind, and that won't work as well. No? But from different side. <laughs> so because of this is so close to our Nara experience. Human-like Lila. So Judge Soda suggests let's make one duadesi bow a whole year that is a very uh, austere and a strict practice so again they seem so ordinary people from the village enjoying this and that but when they start to perform tapasya oh there is no yogi that can match them no? <laughs> but they are never aware that oh we are doing such a for for It's like oh we have to control our minds what to do we're so out of our minds like this mm-hmm. so after they say, well, let's perform this yearly tapasya so we may pur- purify our minds from this desire <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that after this year of performing this tapasya they realize, oh, our desire is even stronger now <laughs> 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 so that's the only purpose of tapasya actually, no? to increase our devotional desire and again, Nar- Narayan in this case, appear, gods, in a dream, saying to them I will come to you as your son I will come to you as your son and uh, and he starts like to even speaks about their previous lifetimes quote-unquote as drawn and Dara in the scriptures this is mentioned Yashoda and Nanda were drawn and Dara in the previous life of course you will ask how in previous life I mean they are eternally Krishna's father and mother but in the dynamic of the unfolding of earthly lila and, and, and the linear time there, it is spoken as having previous life, and also drawn on there are conceived as expansion from uh, Nanda and Jashoda in heavenly planets. So that's a different thing as well. Uh, so Well, the point is that they were sleeping, and both of them, Jashoda and Nanda, had this dream. Narayan saying, "I will come as your son," like this, and both of them wake up, look at each other, and just looking understand. No necessity of. I had this dream oh i also had the dream they both understand started like to to cry in joy knowing we will have a son god himself confirmed that to us so we'll see you now this is a very different but prem that the one that pasudeva and Devaki had for Krishna. we will see when Krishna is born from Devaki. they started to offer prayers to him you are god for armed for our chaturvus but their approach is totally different. No? They, they see how God is saying to us. He will, they have a different idea. <coughs> Even if Narayan says, I will come as your son, eventually they totally forget that her son was Narayan himself. <laughs> and they see him only as Krishna. And this Saishwarya is receding totally to the background. No? So, parallel to this... Uh, Again, remember, not only the Soda and Nanda were concerned; the whole village was concerned. So they made some meeting, some istagosti, all the brothers joined together. What to do about Nanda's uh, absence of higher hair? Hair. Thank you. So when all of them were together, trying, and, and their, their their longing was as intense as Nanda just told us, Two personalities appear during the. An in, in, in scene, no? Jyogoswami describes an old lady no? who looks like a very tapasya austere, with with one young boy. And when the brahjvasi sees them approaching and coming to the young brahmana boy, no? so they appear, and the brahjvasi say, "Oh, this lady looks like Maya personified." <laughs> And this voice resembles so much of Narada, somehow or other. He doesn't have divina, he's not flying, nothing. But there is something in him that makes us feel he must be. Some connection with Narada must be there, of course. Who who were they, the two of them? (laughs) So, So they appear and she presents, she introduces herself, actually, and poor Namasi. I'm old lady Jogini, practitioner of austerities and I come here because you are a very blessed place audience and here this is Madhu Mangal he's a Brahmin boy both of us according to due to our tapasya have the capacity of remain, remaining in our age like this forever things like this also no? so Vasily were like oh. again like whenever someone comes from out of Brindavan like narad muni comes you know, all the relatives say oh, one devotee is coming let's hear hari katavram let's purify ourselves we are so simple here you know, householders entangled in material life in the, you know, but a devotee came so they oh, narad muni is like totally embarrassed you know. these, uh, these are the great devotees so, <laughs> so like, again like this you no know, purnamasi comes with Madhu Mangal, they introduce themselves, they say, Oh, you are so such a special people. What are you doing here in such an ordinary village with such ordinary people as us? Why did you come here? So Purnamasi says, I came here because your village is very fortunate. So why? Why such fortune? Because she says, none of our will have a stone. So she's the main one officially announcing that to the whole... Uh, village no? so when they hear Nanda Marashi they have the son it's like uproar uproar no? like ah, <laughs> and they're so happy with with Namasi saying that no? that they say oh please please you are such a special person I mean they didn't even get the confirmation that the son was there was going to be there, but the lady came she looked special she, she felt special she said that please stay with us and live with us forever we will build you a cottage Next to the Jamuna and stay with us, and eventually, you know, of course, he goes there and she stays in Vrindavan like the, she is like the guru you know, of, of the whole Vrindavan of the whole brush. She's like the old, wise lady, you know, whom every uh, inhabitant of Vrindavan goes for advice. Krishna himself, Radha himself, <laughs> you no, know, Maya appearing in this particular form, you know, and orchestrating the whole movement of the lila. So. In this way, Pornamasi becomes uh, an official reciter there, and she said, and, and this boy, Madhu Mangal, also came here, and she, he will be part of the, the wealth of Vrindavan from now on, you know, which is the role of Madhu Mangal, which also Narad Muni, of course. So, after this uh, public announcement by Pornamasi, it is said that eventually, one day, Jashoda was like contemplating some sort of vision, in, like in a dream state or not, she was not able. If I'm awo- awake, I'm sleeping. What's going on? But she saw a boy whose every each and every limb was totally like embra- embraced by some effulgence, some very like um, bright, bright, bright uh, resplend- Splendor? resplendent, yeah, resplendent, resplendent. No? And she and he felt that that boy was transferred in, in her vision from Nanda's heart to, to her heart. He had that like sporty, that vision. Actually, that's how there was no necessity of sexual intercourse between Nanda and Yeshoda. No, the, the, the transpassing was in this way: from Nanda's heart entered uh, her heart, and from uh, Nanda's heart also one girl went into her womb. That will be eventually born as twins, no? Krishna and Joganayak right? <coughs> So, and also it is say that for some time on before that, Nanda was had experienced something like that. That some, like that, this same boy had entered into his heart, but he was not able to explain to himself what's going on. <laughs> Again, in his so-called ignorance, in the, in the, in the dynamics of the lila. he didn't know. I feel like some boy entering into my heart it's strange imagine if you feel some boy entering into your heart and is there and and reciting your heart so for some time that was happening but eventually Krishna went out if you will of his heart entered Jasoda's heart and when that happened like Nanda's like confusion what's going on a boy in my heart he felt some relief and some immediate joy when she entered he entered Yasoda's heart. So it is said that Yashoda by nature was really a sober lady. We were speaking how she performed this strict duadasi brat for a year. But she was really sober, really controlled in her urges, if you will. But after this boy entered <laughs> from Nanda's heart into her heart, suddenly she became like like totally out of control regarding wanting this, wanting to eat this, wanting to do that. She so started to show some some inclination. I want this sweet rice with ghee and this type of sugar and tulsi leaf on please. <laughs> mm-hmm. And actually it was Krishna inside saying, no. Like a pregnant ladies also, no? How do you call it in English? Craving. Craving, Craving yeah, that's the word, no? So a new parade of cravings appeared there in the world. I want this. I want, this, I want this, uh, uh, an ice cream and sweet. And uh, three in the morning, dear husband, I want a uh, banana ice cream. It's 3 a.m. I need mean, so whatever. Mm? So, your yes, so that was like this. Now, suddenly, a very ultra sober lady started like to So, what's going on? Who is there? No. So, the point is that eventually we'll speak, of course. During some days, but at the same time that Krishna was born from Devaki, he was born from Yashoda. And this happened basically simultaneously. And in Vishnu Purana, there is one quote that Srila Jiva Goswami mentions about how Krishna is actually born from Yashoda. Not to, apart from the Goswami's commentary there's one nice Vishnu Purana verse there. So it is said that Yashoda mentally gave birth to both Krishna and Yoga Maya. Meanwhile, Devaki was giving birth to Krishna Dwarka and the was totally unaware of the of the uh, birth, basically. <coughs> Jiva Goswami here comments: I'm just going a little bit ahead. We will return, no? but we will translate that when when Devaki asks Krishna, "Please cover your chaturbhuja and adopt the two bhuja, three bhuja form." <laughs> Because of fear of Kamsa, no? so he won't be so much like big, if you will, <laughs> so, non- so much extraordinary. At that moment, when Devaki was asking Krishna take Dvibuch in Mathura, already had appeared in Vrindavan. Original Dvibuch of Krishna, just for the Nandan Krishna, along with Yoga Maya. So the Jiva Goswami comments that. So, this is some words, main Theme for today about Vrindavan, but let's share some brief words about what's going on simultaneously in, in Matra. So, Matra came, the, the moment came for Devaki to become pregnant, the eighth famous son of Devaki. So, Bhagavatam, uh, we go from Gopal to the Bhagavatam, back, actually, well, one is not different from the other <laughs> extensions of the Bhagavatam. And uh, Similarly, it is described that from the mind of Vasudev, we could say the chitta, the mind, the consciousness, of the heart, Krishna went to the heart. Again, no necessity of uh, sexual intercourse, trying to show from the very beginning we are speaking here about a particular type of birth that does not require that type of intercourse. So you say, well, how does it happen? That's totally. you you don't have experience of that in this world so that's totally extraordinary Hmm? sometimes a very nice example is given hmm, with the peacocks Hmm? I think it's a poetic example I don't think that's something scientifically proved but in Brindavan they have this idea that the peacocks and peacock is very close to Krishna their intercourse intercourse, they have this whole dance mating dance like this but eventually they say that maybe poetically, the intercourse is the, the male peacock that uh, he shay, shay, sheds sheds, sorry, sheds some tears and those tears are swallowed by the female peacock and she became pregnant mm. <laughs> maybe it's just poetry but as we say just poetry poetry is the ultimate language for us so in the same way there were there was no there was a, an intercourse of tears if you will so in this case Nanda showed Vasudev, Devaki, the exchange was true, love, tears. So we, we may do, do establish this poetical uh, analogy, if you will, to show that. Mm-hmm. So he appeared mm-hmm. eventually, <clears throat> first in the Vasudeva's mind. It is said in the Bhagavatam that when Krishna was in Vasudeva's mind, he acquired such an effulgence. Remember, he was, they were in a, in a jail, a pretty dark one place. But his effulgence was such that one could not, like, look at him, like the example we gave the other day, looking at the sun. That you like, you cannot look actually. No? So Vasudeva was like millions of sons because Krishna was in his Krishna Surya, not the son Krishna. The son Krishna was his son. No? <laughs> so <clears throat> eventually, it was transferred to to Vasu to Devaki, sorry, <coughs> and there also. Commentators, especially make this parallel of Diksha. No. By mantra, he, he says, Vasudev gave to Devaki, transferred Krishna there. No? So the parallel here with the Nastamiya Diksha is mainly established. No? The mantra was Om um, Namo Bhagavati, Vasudev. And From Vasudev came Vasudev, Krishna, in this case. So he spoke in, the, in her wife's uh, ear similar similar to the Guru imparting mantra into the ear of the disciple. So the whole parallel to Diksha is established here. So eventually Krishna entered the Vakis womb and this Bhagavad describes how she was so she was already so beautiful, but with Krishna's there was like Krishna is be- the beauty personified the beauty of beauty if you will. Bhagavatam say, Bushana Bhushananga <coughs> Bhushanangam. Krishna is the ornament of his ornaments. <laughs> no? Sometimes we put ornaments to beautify Krishna, but actually least say that the ornaments become beautified by Krishna's beauty. So he's Bhagavata said Bhushana, He's the ornament of his own ornaments. Whatever interests in touch with him becomes like, beautified? Okay. So, but it is said that some days later, it's that Devaki was became aware that oh, someone is in my womb, basically, not in that moment of of imparting. Maybe in the same way that when we receive diksha, we we, don't, we are not fully aware of what has come to us, <laughs> and maybe after some, maybe not days, <laughs> we start to realize no, lifetimes and little bit like this some other measure of time, we start to realize, oh, what has come to my womb-like heart, if you will, no? by the grace of Sri Guru. So I, I will show you one verse from the Bhagavad, we are already finishing almost, uh, that describes the situation of Devaki having Krishna aware of that, fully effulgent in the contrast of this dark jail. No? It's the 19th verse of this second chapter. It says, Devaki then kept within herself the supreme personality of Godhead the cause of all causes the foundation of the entire cosmos but because she was under arrest in the house of Kamsa she was like the flames of a fire covered by the walls of a pot or like a person who has knowledge but cannot distribute it to the world for the benefit of human society (coughs) an 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 analogy is there also a um, very brief comment from Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur he says, no, g- again, no, the, the example given here is a fire covered by a pot, no? so fire is there but pot is not allowing the fire to fully shine so Vishwanath says when a fire is burning in a house inside a house, it does not il- il- illuminate the town but only the objects or persons near it in the house however when the fire becomes strong it can burn down the restricting house in this way Devaki will, in due time destroy Kamsa follow the the analogy, Krishna was like the fire in the Kamsa's jail but eventually that fire will ignite and grow and expand and will burn down the whole jail and its owner if you will. and following the second analogy this of knowledge Once having knowledge and not sharing it, important philosophical point, says, Viswanath says, knowledge trapped in the hearts of men who do not distribute it, literally cheaters of knowledge, he says, does not flourish and benefit others. That knowledge will eventually destroy its restrictor. Powerful statement. All of you are. I'm looking at your faces now. Don't forget that part. This Almost the six-year-old. <laughs> so you have to know what to do with that knowledge that is coming to your life. Somehow or other, <laughs> do not restrict that. Do not restrict that not only to, uh, regarding others, but even regarding yourself. <laughs> because we receive something that has the potential to expand so much inside of yourself, but sometimes we restrict that in ourselves. We are so much... Misers with ourselves sometimes, Kripana. In Sanskrit. So here's the same idea, no? Kamsa is the one restricting Devakis. Hmm? Remember, Devaki means Bhakti in one sense. Some restriction to Bhakti is there, but eventually Bhakti will burn out the restriction, burn out the whole city of restrictions, <laughs> the whole world of restriction that will. But for the ones who put opposition to the development of bhakti, those will be destroyed by this fire basically, no? So we should be very careful not many ideas can be applied here. Very careful not committing operat, no, of not obstructing others' progress in Bhakti, of not obstructing our own progress in Bhakti, no not putting like jails to the fire that wants to glow and flow and burn everything. <laughs> Give heat, give light. So, and also this idea: you know, if we receive some knowledge, there is some commitment with that. It's not only oh, how nice concept I received from my guru. Death, and our intellect becomes just satisfied with that. But there is some commitment in the in the delivering of the knowledge. I mean, three gurus delivering the knowledge has a very serious commitment with the whole parampara that here is where he received the knowledge from. It's a depth for our The rest of our life, as we spoke the other day, is a very healthy depth that will help us to get free from the karma. Bandana. Raksha Bandana, karma Bandana. (laughs) So we should very happily accept that depth. And when Sri Guru is imparting some knowledge to to us, we should accept the commitment. Okay, I will accept, I commit myself as much as I can, not in a erotic way, but (laughs) to be a transparent medium so this knowledge may express itself through me. Hopefully, may reach others, others as well. But first, it have to reach me. <laughs> it had to really touch me. I have to expand that there, and because I mean, we are concerned with expansion of Krishna consciousness. And first and foremost, is the expansion of Krishna consciousness must be inside of us. <laughs> so, as much as Krishna consciousness is expanded in us, we can expand that everywhere. <clears throat> so one more word we have have some minutes so when this happened hmm, again try to remember this picture of the contrasting picture of dark cave-like jail hmm, and the back is effulgence with Krishna in her womb very contrasting thing. so eventually Kamsa who was there like daily like checking the eighth child came the eighth child came did he came or not? He was like totally paranoid about that. So when he, she, he saw her sister cousin, Devaki, <laughs> with such an effulgence, he started like to... Oh, he already was 24 hours thinking about Krishna with fear. And now that became 25 hours per day. You know? That became like, oh, like too much. You know? So he started to calculate, oh, no, that effulgence most probably has to do with these words from the devas, there must be the cause of my death. So, but he started to calculate the consequences of killing uh, her sister or, or Krishna in the womb. He started to think, oh, but if I, if I kill him now, no? because he said, "Oh, I will kill him now, he, he's the cause of my death, but if I kill him now, my reputation will be destroyed. And Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, for one whose reputation is destroyed, that's worse than death. So, he was calculating that. Sampratishtha was there. <laughs> also. But he said, well, but if bor- he's born and grows, I will have the chance of inviting him to fight. The whole fighting chapter was already in his mind at that point. He will born, he will grow, I will bind him, he will won- he was not too much grown when he invited Krishna to fight, actually. But, well, it was not from when he was in the womb, at least. He will be born, he will grow, I'll invite him to fight. And there, I will have the chance to fight with him and kill him. And if eventually I'm killed by him, at least my death will be glorious in the battlefield. So he was calculating like Arjuna a little bit at the beginning of Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> No, if I'm killed, if I kill, different case, of course. <laughs> but, but he was saying, instead of seeing my fame destroyed by killing him now, if I die in the battlefield, my fame will be increased thousands of times. So he was mainly concerned about his reputation, basically, <laughs> the mentality. That's the basic. No matter what's the rest of the thing. So in that, with that idea in mind, Kamsa like uh, stopped himself from killing and he waited for the Lord to be to be born uh, and and to do how to proceed eventually after that but meanwhile that I mean, try to get the point he was already 24 hours thinking about that with fear now he knew the cause of my death is there but some months of pregnancy were still there so in that period cancer was much and much absorbed uh, and thinking about Krishna 24 hours a day but he became unfavorably Krishna conscious no? <laughs> he was thinking about Krishna more than all of us together maybe but in an unfavorable way so let's share for finishing some few words about this idea of uh, favorable and unfavorable way of thinking and serving Krishna here we will stop on verse 24 of second chapter and next verses will be about the prayers of Devas to Krishna, the womb of the Bhakti, we'll see that next class. But regarding this unfavorable condition, this is a very, this very famous word, anukul. Hmm? This is here and there everywhere. Anukul yasa sankalpa, first step in saranagati. Accepting sankalpa, firm bow, I will accept whatever is favorable for Krishna. But especially in the official definition of Uttan Bhakti that Sila Rupa Goswami gives, he says, So anukulena this one word in this verse we kind of like unfold the verses too much now but three swarup lakshans and two, two tatastal lakshans are mentioned there regarding what's utan bhakti our the bhakti we receive in our school three main intrinsic qualities and two like byproduct like qualities no? free from all separate desire gyan karma dinavrtham not covered by gyan karma and adi some other things tapasya yoga this type of practice shouldn't be in that way confirmed. So, those are the Tathasta selections And the three Swarup selections are main uh, uh, intrinsic qualities of in this works of practice Krishna uh, Anusilanam, Krishna Anusilanam. Krishna, it's for Krishna, it's not for Kamsa. Krishna is the Visaya lamban, the object of that bhakti. Anusilanam implies like a culture practical culture, engaging culture of different aspects of ourselves, very briefly I'm saying Anukulena, Anukulena means favorable, so our service should be performed favorably, so what does it mean favorably? What we said yesterday I think, when I de- defined Seba, do you remember the definition? Not to the notebook. That, that yeah. So the point of ex- executing our bhakti favorably means I have the intention of pleasing you, because I can do something that pleases you incidentally, but very different. is I am, I want to please you. You follow? Kamsa was doing something that pleases Krishna. No? The most confidential instruction of the whole Bhagavad Gita is, manmana, says Krishna. Always think of me. Kamsa so, was doing that he was a real follower of Bhagavad Gita what do you say <laughs> <laughs> nobody like him in that regard comes <laughs> key <laughs> <laughs> you are not saying Jaya that's because of some reason <laughs> 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 no? because it's not enough only to think uh, to do something that Krishna likes but to do that with the intention of liking Krishna hmm? so comes was doing something that scriptures say you should always think about Krishna but Bhayat with fear he was doing that fear because his fear was Krishna may kill me and so his idea was I will kill him (laughs) that's not favorable for Krishna so there is one example that Jiva Goswami gives in this regard the example of the warrior and his weapons when you speak about the warrior and you say oh the warrior entered battle you understand his weapons were there no necessity of speaking. The warrior entered the battle and his weapons were there. Warrior implies weapons. Without weapons what's a warrior? But in certain so the point here is when we speak about serving Krishna it, it implies hmm, yes some favorable, some uncle stuff is there. But in some cases we have to separate Krishna and this intention of serving Krishna. Like we separate the warriors and his weapons. When you say, if the, wor- if the warrior arrives to the kingdom, the king receives him, he says, feed, feed the warrior. Does it imply that he will feed the weapons also? One plate for the weapon, one plate for no? He, he ha- in that case, we have to separate. The warrior will be fed. Weapons, not necessarily. So in some cases, like this, we need to separate between serving Krishna. And the desire to please Krishna through that service, not necessarily is the same. No. Doing something that pleases Krishna and doing something that pleases Krishna with the intention of pleasing Krishna—that's a separate thing. Because incidentally, we may end doing things like that please Krishna, but we don't have the intention. So that's, that may create some agniyatasa some indirect effect. But of course, we are not interested in that. The scriptures are full of these examples. Oh, like when speaking about Namavas, and Ajamil say Narayan, but the idea of those chapters is not that oh great I can I will put my my son uh, Jai Gore Naika so whenever I 'm leaving my body I will have them near hopefully and I will be I will I will dedicate my life to attach to them fully so when I leave my body I will only call them but their name is the name of Krishna so Vishnu, that will come and go to my that's not the idea of the Jamila chapter the idea is that you conclude if only by calling indirectly the name of God by calling his son that happened what must happen if you really call God directly with pure love that's the conclusion that's what we call Kaimuthianyaya the, the maxim of what if what if if this was like this what if this no? you follow? So if Kams attained Krishna by thinking all day about him with fear, we spoke that the other day, he attained Krishna, he attained the top form of Mukti, <laughs> but he was thinking about killing him, what if <laughs> we follow the footsteps of the Vasis, which type of attainment will be there? So basically that's important point that we may also hopefully meditate on, no? not only Oh, I have to secure myself and do only things that are favorable, pleasurable to Krishna. But what's your intention in doing that? Because you can be doing things favorable to Krishna. So many things are there mentioned in scripture. But maybe your intention is something else. (laughs) So that becomes, that's more fine. Again, this is not the neurosis for anyone. But we should have a healthy introspection gradual process Srila Rupa Goswami also is very uh, compassionate and he knows this can happen sometimes he says for a devotee we should only offer those things that Krishna likes the most and he says or afterward, well well, you can offer also the Krishna that you like the most but offer them to Krishna (laughs) like say okay if you need to begin there begin there but put Krishna in the equation at some point but again that's not an excuse to remain there forever Okay, I offer to Krishna my favorite items. Eventually, I offer Krishna's favorite items. And eventually, I offer Krishna's favorite items with the best of my attitude. So that starts to get closer to the idea that Rupa Goswami had in mind when he defined Bhakti. That's our line. So I don't know if you knew that or not, That you are already there. So <laughs> now we have to know how to deal with the gift we have received some words today we want to share tomorrow we continue with the garbastuti or the prayers of the demigods and if there is any question we may continue to present them tomorrow because we are already in time for lunch and, and this and thanks so much Lai Lai Patita Pavan Kija Bhiman Mahaprabhu Kija Priharinam Sankirtan Kija Vidao Jigopal Kija Shri Krishna Jannas Tami Mama Otsan Kiti Kija Bhurvata Vrinda Kija Kija gol pre